It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Happy 2021. Happy New Year. Glad you're here. And I want to welcome to the program some new patrons, Mark, Grant, David, Cindy, Eric, Dan. Welcome aboard. Thanks so much for becoming patrons of the program. You can as well. Just head on over to thepetecalendarshow.com. Click on the link that's at the top there. And uh, when you become a, a supporter, then you get access to exclusive content like the live streams that we do every week, uh, as well as exclusive merchandise. So thanks again to everybody who became patrons and for the support throughout uh, the year 2020. And uh, looking forward to unveiling all of the new stuff for 2021. So first, uh, the big story is obviously today, Donald Trump's uh, phone call with the Georgia State Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, I believe is his name, Raffensperger. I've got the audio. I listened to the uh, uh, to the call and uh, we're going to kind of go over all of this. Uh, this may come as a shock, but I don't think it is as bad as the media is portraying it to be. I know who would have thought, but I also don't think it is uh, entirely convincing that they have all of this evidence of fraud. Uh, so we're going to get into that. First, let me uh, tell you, if you're getting into a project, uh, like uh, my brother-in-law just posted some pictures, <laughs> he said he and my sister, his wife, they... Apparently, it started off with some sort of a leak in the bathroom, and the next thing, they're tearing out the entire tub. Um, that is not the time to learn that <laughs> that you need some tools to finish the job. Of course, maybe it is the exact time, actually, that you figure out, man, I need some better tools to finish this job. Uh, in which case, if you are here in the Weaverville area, you go to General Equipment Rental because they've got all of the tools that you need to finish the job that you may have started Without enough planning, maybe. I'm not casting stones here. I'm just saying that, look, I've done it too. You start something, it's uh, it's like the thread on a sweater. You know, you start pulling at it, and the next thing, it's a sweater vest. So uh, go to General Equipment Rental. Get the right tool to get the job done. They'll actually uh, help direct you to find the right tool if you're not sure. Uh, they'll also show you how to use the tool, so this way you don't mess up the job uh, for which you got the tool. General Equipment Rental is family-owned and operated three generations. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road, uh, and uh, they've got all sorts of tools, big ones and small ones, from construction and earth moving all the way down to you know small power tools. Whatever you need, whatever tool you need to get the job done, uh, they've got it and they can help you. And that is really empowering, by the way, when you are able to do something uh, around the house, fix something, and uh, then it's taken care of and you know how the tool works, you know how to get the job done. People come in like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that looks so great. And you're like, I did that. Um, it's empowering. So go to General Equipment Rental. They are in Weaverville. Their website is generalrents.com. Tell them that you heard it here on the show and think outside your toolbox. Alrighty, so uh, just I guess I should state this at the very beginning here. No, Donald Trump did not ask the Secretary of State of Georgia to find him votes so he could, you know, steal the election. Okay, and that is the way it is being framed that he's trying to, you know, convince people to find votes for him so he can win. It is quite clear when you listen to this audio, if you listen to the entire uh 
one hour you know phone conversation it's clear he believes he won the election he says it repeatedly over and over and over again he won the election he has all of the votes necessary what he wants the georgia secretary of state to do is to find the fraud find the the enough votes in the fraud column that would uh, wipe away ballots that would give him the win for certification purposes okay he believes he has the votes already he believes there were hundreds of thousands of votes uh, illegally cast fraudulent votes that's what comes across very clearly in the phone call so first um let me start here with so the president opens this up and he goes through a couple of the different uh areas where they think they have all of these fraudulent votes to throw out and then he can make up the difference and he kind of goes through them here's the first sort of this is how he opens the phone call so we've spent a lot of time on this and uh if we could just go over some of the numbers i think it's pretty clear that we won we won very substantially uh georgia uh, you even see it by rally size, frankly. We'd be getting 25,000, 30,000 people a rally, and uh, the competition would get less than 100 people, and it never made sense. But we have a, a number of things. We have at least two or three, anywhere from 250 to 300,000 ballots were dropped mysteriously into the rolls. Much of that had to do with uh, Fulton County. Uh, which hasn't been checked. We think that if you check the signatures, a real check of the signatures going back in Fulton County, you'll find at least a couple of hundred thousand of uh, forged signatures of uh, people with uh, that who's, who have been forged. Uh, and uh, we are quite sure that's going to happen. Another, uh, another tremendous number, we're going to have an ac accurate number over the next two days with certified accountants, uh, but an accurate number... Uh, will be given, but it's, it's uh, in the 50s of thousands. Uh, and that's people that went to vote and they were told they can't vote because they've already been voted for. Uh, and uh, it's a very sad thing. They walked out uh, complaining, but they, the, the number is large. We'll have it for you, but it's, very, it's much more than the uh, number of 11,779. That's the, the current margin is only Eleven thousand seven seventy-nine. Uh, Brad, I think I think you agree with that, right? That's that's something I think everyone, at least that's a number that everyone agrees on. All right. So that eleven thousand seven seventy-nine is the the margin of victory Biden had over Trump, right? That's the differential, and. Trump is correct. Everybody seems to agree that that is the difference. That number is the is the difference. And he's talking to the secretary of state of state for Georgia, Brad Raffensperger. So two points here. Number one, he believes the vast majority of his votes are going to be found in these essentially harvested ballots. And the way he's going to prove that these ballots were illegally cast is through the signature verification process. And they are demanding that this be done in Fulton County. It has not been done in Fulton County. They did a signature check apparently in Cobb County, but not in Fulton County. So this is the big chunk. The biggest chunk that I've seen in all of the areas is uh, this uh, ballot harvesting Fulton County, 250,000 to 300,000 ballots. And he says much of that had to do with Fulton County, which has not been checked. Then there are 
this there's this other batch, fifty plus thousand of people who showed up on the uh, on election day, but were told they could not vote because they had already cast a vote. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know whether these are people that were trying to commit fraud, if these were people that were following the president's advice, for example, who uh, voted early but then went and tried to vote anyway on Election Day. And then they were told, well, you already had a vote for you. And then they they left. I, I don't know what this universe of 50,000 you know voters uh, comprises, but this is the other big tranche or big data set that he thinks he's going to be able to pull a lot of uh, – uh, a lot of voters out of. So between the two groups, you're talking, you know, almost 400,000 votes. And so that's way more than the 11,779 uh, voter uh, margin of victory, right, that Biden uh, ostensibly had in Georgia. He goes on later to talk about drop boxes that were picked up. He says we have photographs and we have affidavits from many, many people. Now, the Georgia state officials say there was no ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting is not permitted in Georgia. So he doesn't know what Trump is talking about there. But I would very much like to know if you've got photos of this stuff going on. Sure, I'd like to see it. I'd like to. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't seen it by now. One of the other arguments that Trump makes is that there were a whole bunch of other Republican victories, not just in Georgia, but all across America. And this is true. I've seen this argument as well that, you know, how is it that Trump loses, but you've got all of these Republican governors who win. You have all of these, you know, down down ballot Republican races uh, or, or races that were run were won by Republicans when Trump lost. Now, I have an explanation for this. I don't know if Trump supporters want to hear it. But there is an obvious explanation for this, which is that there were a lot of people that did not like Donald Trump who were Republicans. And while Donald Trump may be very successful in bringing unaffiliated and even Democrats over to vote for him, it doesn't necessarily mean that a lot of the Republicans are satisfied with him, even though he has high approval numbers in Republican polling. Right. I'm aware of that. But there is something I mean, there is a demographic that is out there that. They are Republicans. They will vote Republican down ballot, but they don't like Donald Trump and they never did like Donald Trump. And now that they got three, you know, Supreme Court appointments, they look at Joe Biden as safer, as not so bad. This is why I've said before that only Joe Biden could have beaten Donald Trump and only Donald Trump could have beaten Hillary Clinton. Right. Like that. Like there is some truth to that assessment. I don't know if it's true. It's all, you know, speculative, but it does. It does make some bit of sense. Because whether you believe this or not, okay, and I'm not telling you you have to, I'm just saying that there are people in the Republican camp who believe that Joe Biden's okay. Joe Biden's a, a blue dog Democrat. He could be reasoned with. He's not some, you know, crazy socialist moonbat. Now, again, you don't have to believe that. You can believe also that Joe Biden is going to be, you know, swayed and led around by the most radical elements of the Democratic Party. Uh, And that may be true. That's also speculative. We're going to find out, I guess, or maybe not. I don't know. Um, But there is a population of Republicans that don't like Donald Trump and would vote down ballot for um, for all the Republicans, but not for him for president. Uh, What else? Oh, shredding. He says that there's all of this shredding going on. There's like a whole bunch of uh, documents that are being shredded. Uh, supposedly he says, I think they said 300 pounds out of 3000 pounds. And, uh, that just came to us in a report today. It's a very sad situation. Uh, the secretary of state says that's not true. The shredding that was, uh, apparently reported 
was shredding of old documents. This is the regular normal maintenance operations and uh, the elections, you know, over. And so they go through the previous years, prior years, not this year, but past years, and they shred all of this other information, all this other, all these other papers and documents. Now, of course, if you're Team Trump, you see that as simply just, you know, evidence of a cover-up. You don't, and this is really what this comes down to, is there's no trust. There's no trust, there's no belief that anybody is operating above board. And I understand that, you know, I understand that. If you're Team Trump, I understand why you have zero confidence in any of these institutions. I do, because it's been very clear from the very beginning of the Trump administration that the institutions are riddled with people that are willing to do just about anything to undermine or oust Donald Trump. So I understand why there's no belief in any of these institutions and the people that work in them, even if there isn't proof of nefarious motives. I understand why there's no trust. I do. And I share a lot of that, by the way. I share a lot of that mistrust. How could you not? I mean, I, I can never look at the FBI like I, they were talking in this phone conversation about how, you know, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations looking into this stuff. And oh, yeah, and the FBI came to town. And even I did an eye roll on that. E, you know, even I was doing that because the FBI cannot be trusted anymore. I'm sorry, but that's the price that you pay for engaging in the kind of subterfuge and corruption that the FBI obviously did, right? That's the price. That's the penalty. The institution no longer has the trust of about half of the American population. And they'll never get it back, by the way. They're never going to get it back. Now, speaking of backs, if you have a bad back and need a good mattress, then you need to get yourself over to Mattress Man. Now, if your back is so bad that you can't even move to get over there, then you can go to the website, mattressmanstores.com. Mattressmanstores.com, they do ship nationwide. Uh, but if you go into one of their four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville, uh, you can talk with their sleep consultants, and they will help you pick the right bed for you, the right mattress for you. Everybody sleeps differently. People have different ailments. If you do have a bad back, they can help you pick the right mattress for that because some mattresses are going to be better for you than others, okay? So let the sleep consultants help you, okay? Then they have five-star local delivery service, so you don't have to worry about, you know, lugging the mattress around. If you got your bad back and all, they'll come, they'll set it up, and they have a 120-day comfort guarantee. They've got all the best mattresses, and they got great deals on the best mattresses. Go to the website and see for yourself, mattressmanstores.com. Uh, they are the exclusive retailer for the Biltmore Collection made by Restonic, and yes, these are the mattresses that are at the Biltmore Hotel and Inn that are on the grounds of the Biltmore Estate. Uh, so bring the luxury of the Biltmore home uh, to your bedroom. These are fantastic mattresses. You can also score awesome deals on all sorts of other mattresses. They have tons of inventory, while a lot of other mattress suppliers uh, got their uh, their distribution systems disrupted because of COVID. The, uh, mattress Man saw none of that. Well, you know, when you're as good as they are and you plan as well as they do, uh, these types of things are, uh, are, are minimized for them. So go check them out online or in person, mattressmanstores.com, and experience the difference. Mattressman, buy local and sleep better. All right, next up, former congressman and current chief of staff to the president, Mark Meadows. Um, he then interjects uh, trying to sort of chart the course here for some sort of cooperation between 
the White House and the Secretary of State. And this has prompted all sorts of people in North Carolina politics uh, and outside of North Carolina politics, but uh, a lot of them inside. And, and they're all lefties. Generally, they're like, Mark Meadows needs to be tried for treason. It's amazing how quickly the left of all people go for the treason card, isn't it? It, it, it really is amazing. Like, wait, so you guys who think America was founded based on racism and sexism and the patriarchy and needs to be completely uh, torn down and rebuilt in the image of Marx. But you guys are all about charging people with treason. It's an interesting take. So here's what Meadows said. Uh, Mr. Secretary, uh, one of the, obviously uh, there is uh, there are allegations where we believe that uh, not every vote or fair vote and legal vote was was counted, uh, and that's at odds with the, the representation from the Secretary of State's office. Uh, what I'm hopeful for is is there some way that we can we can find uh, some kind of an agreement to to uh, to look at this a little bit more fully. Uh, you know, the president mentioned Fulton County, but in some of these areas where there seems to be uh, a difference uh, of where the facts uh, seem to lead. And so, Mr. Secretary, I was uh, hopeful that, you know, in a spirit of uh, cooperation and compromises, there, there's something that uh, we can at least have a discussion to look at some of these allegations uh, to, uh, to find a, a path forward that's less litigious. All right, so that's the question that Meadows asked that has got the left screaming sedition <laughs> because he's asking them, is there something we can at least have a discussion to look at some of these allegations to find a path forward that's less litigious? What's he asking for? They're asking for an investigation. They, they, they want to see the reports and the data. They want to be, be assured because they don't trust you. So can you please... Sit down with us, walk us through your evidence as to how you got to these conclusions that you went out there and broadcast to all the media, but you don't give us. That's part of the problem here as well. And here is Raffensperger's response. Well, uh, I've listened to what you know, the president has just said. President Trump, uh, we've had several lawsuits and we've had to respond in court to the lawsuits and the contentions. Uh, we don't agree that you have one. We don't. We, I didn't agree about the two hundred thousand number that you mentioned. And I could go through that point by point. What we had done is we gave our state senate uh, about one and a half hours of of our time going through the election issue by issue, and then on the state house, uh, the government affairs committee, we gave them about two and a half hours of our time, going back point by point on all the issues of contention. And then uh, just a few days ago, we met with uh, our U.S. congressman, Republican congressman, uh, and we gave them about two hours of our time uh, talking about this past election. Uh, going back, primarily what, you're, what you've talked about here, focused in on primarily, I believe, is the absentee ballot process. I don't believe that you're really questioning the, uh, the, the Dominion machines because we did a hand retally, a 100% retally of all the ballots and compared that to what the machine said and, and it came up with virtually the same result. Then we did the recount, we got virtually the same result. So I, I guess we could probably take that off the table. I don't think there's an issue about that. Um, 
I think what well, you were well, Brad, Brad, um not that there's not an issue, but because we have a big issue with Dominion and other states, and perhaps in yours, but we have we haven't felt we needed to go there. And just to uh, you know maybe put a little different spin on what Mark is saying, Mark Meadows, um, yeah, we'd like to go further, but we don't really need to. We have all the votes we need. You know, we won the state. If you took these are the most minimal numbers, the numbers that I gave you. Those are numbers that are certified, your absentee ballots sent to vacant addresses, your your out-of-state voters, 4,925. You know, when you add them up, it's many more times, it's many times the 11,779 number. Okay, so Raffensperger, I think, is being a bit obtuse in his answer here by immediately uh, talking about the Dominion issue, which was not actually raised by the president, hasn't been part of any of this discussion so far, but also hasn't been part of any of the lawsuits, as far as I'm aware, in Georgia. So uh, at least from the president. So the he starts talking about Dominion. And says, so I guess, you know, we're all okay with Dominion. And Trump is like, well, actually, we're not okay with Dominion. We just don't need to make that case. I understand this point very well. He needs 11, what what is it, 11,079. So he needs 11,800 votes. Okay, that's that, that's it. Eleven thousand eight hundred votes. And then he wins the state by one vote. Right. That's essentially what he's looking for. He's not looking for you to create those votes, those uh, the ballots or whatever. He's wanting you to disqualify what he believes are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of illegally cast votes. That's what he's demanding. And he thinks, according to his team, uh, that they have evidence that would lead you to believe that there were this number of, um, of fraudulent votes. Raffensperger says they disagree. They disagree. He says, we don't believe that uh, that you won. That's it. He says, you know, we, we don't agree that you that the 200,000 number uh, that you mentioned earlier is correct. And then he says, I'll go through it point by point. And then he starts talking about how they've, you know, talked to the state Senate and they talked to Congress and we made ourselves available for this hour and available for this hour. And like, I don't care. You have the president on the phone right now. Why don't you walk through some of his concerns right now? So why don't you take the 200,000 to 350,000, whatever number that was? Why don't you go through that about the ballot harvesting? But then Trump does what Trump does is he tries to steamroll, he interrupts, and uh, then that derails the conversation away from what I thought was the more fruitful area for them to be harvesting. But what do I know? Just a podcaster. He then asks about uh, the dead people voting. And uh, that they think that there were like 5,000 dead people voting in North Carolina or sorry, in Georgia. And uh, Raffensperger says, um, I guess there was a person named Mr. Brainard who came to these meetings and presented data. And he said that there was dead people. I believe it was upwards of 5,000. But he says, you know, we we did this, uh, you know, we, we did this investigation. The data you have is wrong. And we talked to congressmen and they were surprised. He says the actual number was was two, two people that were dead that voted. So your number is wrong, he said. Then Mark Meadows said, though, that I can promise you that there are more than two. He said it twice. And so I kind of believe that they may have some data or evidence supporting that unless they're just completely bluffing. Then came the State Farm Arena video issue. 
This was about the ballots that were under the table. There was the tablecloth that was, you know, hanging down so you couldn't see all of the the, the ballot boxes that look like suitcases that were under that table. Uh, And so then this issue comes up. I'll get to that in a second. First, you need to get over to Old Grouch's Military Surplus. You really do. Um, He's got great deals right now on tons of stuff. He gets in small batches of body armor. Okay, these things sell very quickly. So if you've been thinking about getting some body armor, uh, what you need to do is go to oldgrouch.com or go on into the store. It's in downtown Clyde. He is open uh, Monday through Saturday, and uh, he's on Main Street. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. And again, 24-7 at oldgrouch.com. He's got some military concertina wire that's come in as well. And he can help you put together your survival outdoor kits and emergency kits for cars. Uh, Backpacks he's got for the kids, which are great. They last a lot longer than the cheap ones from the big box stores. Plus, they're military grade. They're really cool looking. And he has ammo cans, all kinds, all sizes. These are great storage for, well, ammo, obviously, but all sorts of other things like tools, dry goods, rifles, fishing gear. Uh, Put them in your garage, your shed, your truck, wherever. And uh, tell them that you heard it here on The Pete Show. Oldgrouch.com. Real U.S. military surplus. Oldgrouch.com. And again, tell them you heard it here. So the State Farm Arena video that was uh, published, and I watched it, and I watched some of the discussion about it. I know that there was a report that was done afterwards that said that the Republican uh, lawyers, Giuliani specifically, had selectively edited the video to make it look more nefarious than it actually was. But there are also reports that two of the women involved, a mother-daughter team, they are apparently well-known, and Trump references them repeatedly in this call, well-known as balloteers, he called them. So, uh, And he says that these people were uh, running the ballots through multiple times. So here's that exchange. You're, you're talking about... Uh, the State Farm video, and I think it's extremely unfortunate that Rudy Giuliani or his people, they sliced and diced that video and took it out of context. So the next day we brought in WSB TV and we let them show see the full run of tape. And what you'll see, the events that transpired are nowhere near what was pro- was uh, projected by you but know, where were the poll watchers, Brad? There were no poll watchers there. There were no Democrats or Republicans. There was no security. See, this is, again, this is Trump. This is such a self, uh, self-goal, self own goal. You, you just let the guy speak. Let him give his account. And then you, what you're doing is you're giving him enough rope to hang himself with. But Trump just interrupts and steamrolls. And so now he shifts the focus to the poll watchers. Whereas you could have made some, uh, I think, some real headway here by trying to get Raffensberger to uh, explain how the videotapes are different, because this is going to get to be, I think this is going to be more important in a minute. Just listen. There. It was late in the evening, late in the early in the morning, and there was nobody else in the room. Where were the poll watchers? And why did they say a water main broke, which they did, and which is reported in, in the newspapers? They said they left. They ran out because of a water main break, and there was no water main. Good question again. Different than the than the uh, poll workers. I mean, kind of related, yes, but different. But now you gave him another topic to shift to. And so what happens is when you start bombarding people with all these different topics, it allows Raffensperger to, to take whichever topic he would prefer to address. You give him three, four, five different things to, to, to address, he's going to pick the one that, that he prefers. 
Not the one that is obviously going to make him look the worst, but the one that makes him look the best. There was nothing. There was no break. There was no Waterman break. Um, but where, if, you, if you take out everything, where were the Republican poll watchers? Even where were the Democrat poll watchers? Because there were none. And then you say, well, they left their station. You know, if you look at the tape, and this was it. This was reviewed by professional police and, and detectives and, and other people. Uh, when they left in a rush, everybody left in a rush because of the water main. But everybody left in a rush. These people left their station. When they came back, they didn't go to their station. They went to the apron wrapped around the table under which were thousands and thousands of ballots in a box that was not a, an official or a sealed box. And then they took those and they went back to a different station. So if they would have come back, they would have walked to their station and they would have continued to work. But they couldn't do the, even that because that's illegal because they had no Republican poll watchers. Okay, so now he's given him another topic, <laughs> which is uh, that they came back and they didn't go to the right stations. Right. So there's a lot of different topics here to be addressed. And Trump obviously has not heard satisfactory answers. And frankly, I'm not sure I have either on a lot of this stuff. So Raffensperger finally and I'm, I, I cut out another, you know, I don't know, two minutes or so of Trump going on about uh, some of the elections workers. And he keeps hammering away at how they they put the votes in three times they kept they they ran the ballots multiple times this is what he's uh, alleging right that the elections officials in the state farm arena in atlanta that they had all of these extra ballots in a suitcase basically right in one of these uh, cases under the table they pulled them out and they ran them through and they ran them through three times at least a piece so every they had like 18,000 ballots in there, and they ran them each at least three times. That's the allegation. Here's Raffensperger. They put them in three times. They did not put that. We, we, can, we did an audit of that, and we proved conclusively that they were not scanned three times. Well, where was everybody else at that late time in the morning? Where was everybody? Where were the Republicans? Where were the security guards? All right, and so and now he just... He pivots immediately away rather than fleshing out that issue. Oh, so you did an audit. How did you do that audit? How exactly did you determine that all of these ballots were not run multiple times? Did you check to see that they weren't creased or were creased? Because this is one of the other allegations is that they weren't folded. There were no folds on the ballot, which is abnormal because when you mail in your absentee ballot, you don't mail it in like some you know massive manila envelope with the do not bend sticker on it, right? You fold it up and you put it in the envelope and you send it back. And this is part of the allegation. So this audit that was done, like, please describe for me this audit. But that's not what Trump does. He starts, you know, going on about the poll watchers again. Where were the people that were there just a little while before when everyone ran out of the room? How come how come we had no security in the room? Why did they run to the bottom of the table? Why did they run there and just open the skirt and rip out the uh, and rip out the votes? I mean, Brad, and they were sitting there. I think for five hours or something like that, the votes. But they just all happened to run back and go, you know, Brad, 
Yeah, Mr. President, we'll send you the link from WSB that does. I, I don't care about a link. I don't need it. I have a, I have, a much. Brad, I have a much Mr. better Secretary, link. I, I will tell you, I've seen the tape. All right. So now this is Cleta Mitchell. Uh, she has worked. She's an attorney working for uh, the Trump campaign. She's not like the attorney of record, but she is uh, on the on the Trump team. And you hear her. She says, "I've seen the tape." The full tape. So has Alex. We've watched it, and what we saw and what we've confirmed in the timing is that they made everybody leave. We have sworn affidavits saying that, and then they continue. Then they began to process ballots. And our estimate is that there were roughly 18,000 ballots. We don't know that. If you know that. It was 18,000 ballots, but they used each one three times. Well, so I don't the, know about that, but yeah, I know Well, that I, I, do, I do, because we, have it, we had ours magnified out. See, now this is terrible form right here as well, <clears throat> is that you're going in there and you're arguing against your own lawyer <laughs> on the call. <laughs> this is, <laughs> why would you not be all on the same page on these details? So but, uh, each, but we each one magnified out I've watched it, the entire thing. But, but, you know, but nobody can make a case for that, Brett. Nobody. I mean, look, that's you'd have to be a child to think anything other than that. Just a child. I mean, you have you never how, tried how, with an attorney how there. Many ballots, how many ballots, Mr. Secretary, are you saying GBI, that were processed in? We had GPIs certainly investigate that. We had our, this is Ryan Germany, we had our law enforcement officers talk to everyone uh, who was who was there after that event came to light. Uh, the GBI was with them as well as um, FBI agents. And that's when I did my eye roll. <laughs> oh, well, the FBI was there. Well, we know they're going to get to the bottom of any kind of Trump-related investigation, right? Right. Um, well, there's, there's no way they could, then they're incompetent. They're either dishonest well, they or incompetent, okay? There's only two answers, dishonesty or incompetence. There's just <laughs> no way. Look, there's no way. Right. So, uh, yeah, Trump is apparently of the same opinion. Now, I am not really sure what his opinion about CBD oil is, but I know what mine is. I take it before I go to bed, and I will tell you I've been doing it for about uh, eight months now, seven or eight months, and I sleep more deeply now than I ever have before in my life. I've always had a problem like falling asleep like that first half hour to an hour when I lay down, like my brain takes a while to shut down, uh, which is a surprise because I know a lot of people you know, think I never actually fully engaged my brain to begin with, but no, it's true. Uh, I have a hard time. <laughs> I used to. Now I take CBD. I take Growers Hemp Full Spectrum Hemp Extract. Okay, you should add it to your daily routine and um, find out what it can do for you. Are you looking for a better quality of life, a balanced state of mind, maybe a positive mental outlook, like I have on all things? Immune system resilience, lower tension, deeper sleep. Go to GrowersHemp.com. Use the promo code Pete. You'll get 20% off. And get this. Growers Hemp is North Carolina farmers. These are local farmers, North Carolina farmers in our state that said, you know what? Uh, Let's control the entire process from seed all the way to shelf. And that means... Uh, it, it not only you know brings uh, uh, security for our family farms, but also it gives you a better quality for lower cost. It's a it's it's a win win for everybody, farmers and consumers, and uh, so you can help farmers while you're helping yourself on your wellness journey. Go to GrowersHemp.com, and as always, 
Here is the disclaimer GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your health care provider. So please consult your health care professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Growershemp.com. Promo code PETE at checkout for 20% off. From North Carolina farmers to your home, it's about the hemp, not the hype. Finally, from the audio recording, this is uh, the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, uh, telling the president uh, that, uh, you know, if he has these concerns about the way the election was uh, handled and there are fraudulent votes being counted, then uh, he needs to take this all to court, and that's where this has to be adjudicated. But Trump's attorney, Cleta Mitchell, says that's not really been working out so well. I think what the president's saying and what we've been trying to do is to say, look, the court is not acting on our petition. They haven't even assigned a judge. But the people of Georgia and the people of America have a right to know the answers. And you have data and records that we don't have access to. And you keep telling us and making public statements that you've investigated this and, you know, nothing to see here. But we don't know about that. All we know is what you tell us. What I don't understand is why it wouldn't be in everyone's best interest to, um, to try to get to the bottom, compare the numbers. You know, if you say, because if, but to try to be able to get to, to the truth. And that we, because we don't have any way of confirming what you're telling us. You tell us that you've had an investigation of the State Farm Arena. I, I don't have any report. I've never seen a report of investigation. I don't know what that is. I've been pretty involved in this. I don't know. And that's just one of, like, 25 categories. And it doesn't even, and and as I, as the President said, we haven't even gotten into the dominion issue that's not part of our case it's not part of we we just didn't feel as though we had any way to be able to develop no we do have a way but i don't want to get into it because we have we found a way in other states later excuse me but we don't need it because we're only down eleven thousand votes so we don't even need it i personally think they're corrupt as hell but we don't need that because all we have to do, Clayton, is find 11,000-plus votes. So we don't need that. I'm not looking to, to shake up the whole world. We won Georgia easily. We won it by hundreds of thousands of votes. But if you go by basic, simple numbers, we won it easily, easily. So uh, we're not giving uh, Dominion a pass on the record. I will no, say that. right, exactly. But we just don't, you know, we don't need we don't Dominion need because we have so many other votes that we don't need to prove it any more than we already have. Once again, Cleta Mitchell making a very compelling argument, being persuasive, saying, look, you did these investigations, you say, you come out, you make these public statements that there's nothing to see here, that our numbers are wrong, your numbers are right, everything's above board, but I've not seen any report from your investigation, right? We're, I'm a lawyer in this case. And if you've got some data, some reporting that would undermine my uh, accusations, then I would 
think I would be interested to hear those, but you haven't presented any of those things. So we would very much like the opportunity to see this data. That's what she's saying. But then Trump's like, no, no, what about Dominion? No, it's not that we can't prove it. We just don't want to prove it. Like, it's, dude, pick your battles. You can't fight on every single hill. And so what happens here is uh, Cleta Mitchell's point gets steamrolled by the president. But then here comes Kurt Hilbert. He is also a lawyer. He then tries to find some common ground, some kind of a solution. I would like to suggest that just four categories that have already been mentioned by the president uh, that have actually hard numbers of 24,149 votes that were counted illegally. That in and of itself is sufficient to change the results or place the outcome in doubt. Um, we would like to just sit down with your office and we can do it through purposes of compromise and settlement just like this phone call just to deal with that limited category of votes. All right. So this is this is their offer. And I think it's completely reasonable, by the way. They, they say we've got four categories, and the total number of votes in these four categories is 24,149 that the Trump team believes were counted illegally. And, I mean, if you think about it, if half of those votes are, uh, were in fact cast illegally, then that's 12,000, and that is enough to overturn the results of the Georgia election, right? Because he only needs, like, 11,779. So if it's half of the 24,000 number, then that's 12,000 and that overturns the results. These are four categories. So can we sit down, go over this data together for these four categories? This is what Hilbert is asking. And if you are able to establish that our numbers are not accurate, then fine. However, we believe that they are accurate. We've had now three to four separate experts look at these numbers. These numbers are based upon the USPS. And certified, and certified accountants looked at them. <laughs> I don't Correct. And this is just based on USPS data and your own Secretary of State data. I don't know why it was important to point out these were certified accountants to look at them. I'm not sure why, but I think it's more compelling that what Hilbert is saying is that these are your own data sets. These are your numbers, Secretary of State. Um, so that's what we would entreat and ask you to do, to sit down with us um, in a compromise and settlement um, uh, you know, proceeding and actually go through the registered voter IDs and the registrations. And if you can convince us that that 24,149 is inaccurate, then fine. But we, we tend to believe that that is, you know, obviously more than 11,779. That's sufficient to change the result entirely in and of itself. So what would you say to that, Mr. Germany? Kurt, um, I'm happy to uh, – I'll get with our lawyers, and we'll set that up. Um, the, that number is not accurate, and I think we can show you for all the ones we've looked at uh, why it's not. Uh, and so if that, if that would be helpful, I'm happy to get with our lawyers and set that up with you guys. Well, well like let me ask you, Kurt. Kurt, you think that is an accurate number? That was based on the information given to you by the Secretary of State's Department, right? That that is correct. That 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 information is the minimum, most conservative data based upon the USPS data and the Secretary of State's office data. 
that has been made publicly available. We do not have the internal numbers from the Secretary of State, yet we have asked for it six times. I've sent a letter over to Mr. Anolowitz several times uh, requesting this information, and it's been rebuffed every single time. So it stands to reason that if the information is not forthcoming, forthcoming there's something to hide. That's the problem that we have. Well, that's not the case. There are things that, that you guys are, are entitled to get, and there's things that under law we are not allowed to give out. Well, you- All right, so this is an important point that uh, this guy, uh, Ryan Germany, lawyer, is making, that just because we're not giving it to you doesn't mean that we're hiding it. It means that we're not legally allowed to give it to you. That's that's a fair point. That It is. That's a fair point. Um, I find it hard to believe that there isn't some way to figure it out, though, I find it hard to believe that there's not some way to get the information uh, made available in a way that allows the lawyers to see it and then to um, to alleviate their concerns, right? It seems to me like that should be something that could be done. You have to. Well, under law, you're not allowed to give faulty election results, okay? <laughs> you're not allowed to do that, and that's what you've done. This is a faulty election result, and honestly— this should go very fast. You should meet tomorrow because you have a big election election coming up. And because of what you've done to the president, you know, the people of, of uh, Georgia know that this was a scam. And because of what you've done to the president, a lot of people aren't going out to vote. And a lot of Republicans are going to vote negative because they hate what you did to the president. OK, they hate it. That's a fair point that the president makes as well. Right. That's fair. That you should be wanting to alleviate people's concerns. And if we're asking for this information and you're like, sorry, can't give it to you. You're just going to have to keep, you know, uh, running around making your accusations. That's not helpful either. This is the problem, as I see it. This is the problem. You've got people that are like, we did our jobs. This is all above board, all by the book. We're awesome at our jobs. We're competent. And you're saying that we're not. And so, you know, pound sand. And then you got the other side. The president's team saying, you got all these hundreds of thousands of illegally cast votes. You guys are corrupt. Give us the data. Give us the data. And if you don't give us the data, it means that you're corrupt. It seems to me like there should be a way to solve this problem. And Mark Meadows then comes in at the very end of this call and he says, so is there a way to get everybody together, um, you know, the next 24 to 48 hours so we can reconcile these uh, these two claims, make sure that we get the access to the data to either validate or invalidate the claims? And then Ryan Germany says, no, no, we can't let you see that data. So then Meadows says, so what you're saying is, let me make sure I'm clear on this, is that you really don't want to give access to the data. You just want to make another case on why the lawsuit is wrong. And then Ryan Germany replies, I don't think we can give access to data that's protected by law. Then somebody floats later on, someone floats the idea that maybe you deputize some of the lawyers involved in any of this, um, and then they can see it. And Trump says, look, we don't need to see the names. We don't care about the names of the voters. Like, we're not trying to, you know, uh, find out how individual people voted. That's not the point here, right? Just like when you sell your house, the point is not to wait around forever until the house sells. The point is to get the money, get the house sold, and start the next chapter of your life. Rowena Patton can help you do that. Okay, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, they outsell 99% of the realtors in the entire state. 
She's the only agent that I called when Christy and I went to buy our house. If we were selling a house, we would only call Rowena Patton as well. She has buyers lined up. She has homes in all price points, and her phone number is 333-4483. That's 333-4483. Her website, mountainhomehunt.com. So give her a call and then start packing. This is a piece by Rahim Kassam at the National Pulse, which is a very pro-Trump outlet. Um, they say that despite the partisan framing from the Washington Post, which, by the way, it was the Washington Post said that this call shows it reflected Trump making demands for votes from his Republican colleagues. And that's not actually what he did. Okay, and that's so the Washington Post, they put out this short clip of the conversation and they let that kind of ruminate for a while. And then they put out the entire hour, uh, hour long conversation. But by that point, the narrative has calcified and the narrative is the one that The Washington Post wanted it to be, which is that Donald Trump was telling these Republicans, find me votes so I can, you know, uh, overthrow democracy in a bloodless coup. Right. That's the sense. That's the vibe. And that's what everyone is accusing him of doing. But the president did not do that. Okay, you've heard the audio throughout the call. He makes it clear that he wants transparency. He wants an audit. He wants public access. At no point does he say that he wants the votes invented. Right. Just which is what the media is portraying him as saying. He even offers to recuse himself from parts of the conversation. And then he says at the very end that he just he wants the truth. It's just that simple. That's what he says. Okay, there was a write up by uh well and before i get to this write up by eric weinstein uh weinstein he's the host of a podcast called the portal um representative alma adams congresswoman from north carolina uh, i think she captures the uh the leftist sentiment on this quite well she says on twitter the president is on tape attempting to pressure and blackmail an elections official into changing the results of georgia's election Donald Trump belongs in prison. His actions justify it. The integrity of the Constitution necessitates it. And the sanctity of our democracy requires it. Okay. Again, Trump did not do that thing that they are accusing him of doing. Much like most of the stuff that they accuse Trump of doing. He's a tyrant. He's an authoritarian. Yet he held an election which he lost. Interesting. So here's Weinstein, host of The Portal. Um, he says... He, a number of things strike him. Number one, Trump is a true political outsider and the only one to reach the presidency with zero government experience. That's obvious. There is an obvious, open, institutional conspiracy to prevent any outsider from gaining power. Also, the media was good calling out the really bad things Trump did, but the media was really bad calling out any positive thing Trump said or did and painted him as evil. Journalists in 2020 and 2016 unethically became activists misrep uh, misreporting a big blue wave or Hillary's inevitable win. Trump saw that there is actually an obvious conspiracy against him, which is true, and inferred that it extends to the general election. Trump simply does not have the goods on this allegedly stolen election, however. He is in search mode. It's more of a gut feeling. The left says, if you don't have the goods, then it was completely free, fair, and obviously uh, you're a sore loser. But the right says, you guys aren't fair about anything. Your unbiased commentary is a 24-7 open conspiracy to misrepresent the world. Okay, so all of these things I, I agree with, all of those assessments. 
that Trump is an outsider, that there is an obvious bias and, and uh, you know, open conspiracy inside government uh, among these elites. They don't want outsiders uh, running the show. They want their people in there running the show. The media is terrible and they are biased. And it has prompted this gut feeling among half of Americans that uh, any results that don't go their way must obviously be fraudulent. He goes on to say, you have to prove things, though. And he didn't do the work. OK, Trump doesn't seem to have the goods, but he saw four years of open manipulation of the news. Therefore, he's now in a state where he is convinced that his gut feeling that he won together, along with the obvious total abdication of journalism's responsibility to eschew activism, that this is enough to overturn the results, which is nuts. It's like feeling somebody is guilty and expecting a conviction because of that. Yes, he says, media is guilty of political agitation while enjoying the protection of neutral journalists. Yes, they have conspired against him at every turn, but it's not fungible. The anti-Trump media conspiracy is not a vote-counting conspiracy. You can't cash in one to win the other. And he doesn't understand, you know, he's free to become a private citizen and spend his remaining days looking for evidence of a conspiracy to steal the election. But he's not free to say that our rallies were huge while trying to stay in office. You know, results are presumed fair until proven otherwise. So while I agree with him that trust in our institutions is at rock bottom for many good reasons, he's way out of line. This again is Eric Weinstein, host of The Portal. He says, I don't think Joe Biden won fair and square after the anti-Tulsi uh, Gabbard and Yang BS, but I treat the general election as a free and fair election in the absence of credible legal evidence, which is to say we have a lot of unethical media people dancing and celebrating Trump's loss. And it remains possible that we'll still learn something nefarious happened. But pretending now that a media conspiracy is an electoral conspiracy without proof is insane and dangerous. He says he's happier to see him go and uh, than he is sad to see Biden arrive. But Trump is not wrong that there was a media institutional conspiracy. He is wrong elsewhere. He doesn't have the goods on election fraud. But the number of us who see the former conspiracy, but not the latter conspiracy, is apparently very small. And uh, right now, I guess I am in that camp with this uh, with this writer. Uh, he says, for some reason, almost everybody I know either see uh, either see two conspiracies against Trump or they see zero. And I can see both, I guess. That's a wrap for this episode. I appreciate you listening. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. That's the best way you can help the show. I appreciate that. And uh, remember, check out thepetecalendarshow.com. Thanks so much for the support. Talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.